Hi, Craig. Hey, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the paddock. Today we are talking all things Singapore Grand Prix predictions. On today's episode, you have Amy, Ito, and myself, Hannah. So let's go ahead and start off with a little history on Singapore's GP with Ito. Singapore being a street circuit as well as a night race makes it one of my favorite tracks. And so I figured, why not give you a slight backstory on it? While the Singapore GP, as we know it today, isn't the first time F1 has raced in Singapore, it is definitely the more memorable time. But at first, there was a F1 race in Singapore from 1961 to 1973, known as the Orient Year Grand Prix. And then the Singapore GP after Singapore gained its independence in 1965. And since it's been back on the calendar in 2008, the Singapore GP has had a rich and somewhat controversial history. The race is known for its unique nighttime setting, making it the first ever night race in Formula One. The Marina Bay Street Circuit, winding through the heart of Singapore for 4.928 kilometers, aka 3.062 miles, offers a stunning backdrop of the city skyline and the iconic Marina Bay Sands Resort for a total of 63 laps. The race's inaugural edition was won by Fernando Alonso driving for Renault. And honestly, because of that combination of night race, stunning backdrops, street circuit, and everything else, it has quickly become a highlight on the calendar. Especially because it is so close to the equator, it is literally, I want to say like, 200 meters from the equator, which makes it super hot and therefore demanding on the drivers. Another reason why it's a night race. And all of that combination of things means that drivers often basically structured their whole season's preparations around Singapore, especially after the summer break. And that's why we also often get a lot of driver content on social media, like them working out in the sauna or doing other very weird prep scenarios. But other than the weird prep, its location, it being a night race, etc., it has also witnessed numerous memorable moments on track. For example, Sebastian Vettel has been particularly successful in Singapore clinching a record five victories at the circuit. His last time being in 2019, and it was actually his last victory at an F1 race ever before his retirement last season. But of course, the race has also seen its fair share of drama. And if you want to know more about what drama I might be referring to, check out our... F1 Gets Controversial episode all about something called Crashgate and more. 
And the race in general is known for incidents and safety car deployments, which influence the outcome of the race very frequently. And that is why the Singapore GP has continued to captivate fans because of scenery, challenging track, unpredictable racing, etc. You just never know what you're going to get when you turn on the TV to watch Singapore, or if you're lucky enough, be in the grandstands for it. As far as records go, though, I already mentioned Seb, but there are a few more that I want to highlight. I mentioned that safety cars are a common sight in Singapore, and that is because there has never been a race without one. To the point where 2017 and 2019 both saw a record three each. And while there has never been a time where the world championship has been decided in Singapore so far, the track does have the distinction of two drivers losing the championship after leading the standings post-Singapore. So you might not be able to win it at Singapore, but you can for sure lose it. Those drivers being Mark Webber in 2010 and Fernando Alonso in 2012. Lastly, Red Bull has been so dominant at the Marina Bay circuit to the point where they have been on every podium since 2010, being on the top step four times. But fun fact, Max has never won here. Now, while there's a ton of history surrounding Singapore, I do want to take us through what happened last year, starting with last year's practice. So during FP1, we saw Lewis take P1, Max take P2, and Charles take P3. We did see both Lance and George hitting the wall during practice, but not major, major crashes, but still hitting the wall is hitting the wall. With FP2, we saw Carlos in P1, Charles in P2, and George in P3. Pierre had some issues with his car catching fire in the pit lane after they had connected it to the fuel breather and it was a little bit chaotic um, to see a car just randomly catch fire in the pit lane but thankfully everybody was okay. Uh, Max only was able to go fourth fastest after he had a small mistake going into turn 16 so top three for Max. And for FP3, we saw a wet practice session, which is something that I honestly really like seeing in Singapore. I just think it always makes things a little interesting. And that session shook out as follows. Charles was in P1, Max was in P2, Carlos was in P3, Fernando was P4, Checo was P5, Lance was P6, Esteban was P7, Sebastian was P8, George was P9, and Danny Rick rounded us out in P10. We did also see Nicholas Latifi going straight on in turn 13, and he actually came on his radio saying that the issue was with his steering wheel. But it is also Nicholas Latifi, and he is known to go off this time or two. Um, another moment that for me stuck out from practice last year was Yuki getting super agitated while he was behind Lewis, even coming on over the radio to say, what is this guy doing, honestly? Which... We know Yuki is a little sassy sometimes, so apparently Singapore brings it out of him. Out of him, maybe we'll blame the heat. Um, but last year's quali was also another bit of a wet session. 
and it began under what conditions with drivers starting on intermediate tires and switching to dry tires, then to soft compound tires for Q3. So for Q1, we saw Max in P1, Lewis in P2, Charles in P3, and we lost Valtteri Bottas to P16, Daniel Ricciardo was in P17, Esteban was in P18, Alex was in P19, and Nicholas Latifi rounded us out in P20. For Q2, we saw Charles in P1, Lewis in P2, Max in P3, and we lost George, P11, Lance, P12, Mick, P13, Sebastian, P14, and Joe in P15. And then for Q3, we had Charles in P1 again, Checo in P2, and Lewis dropped down to P3. We saw Carlos in P4, Ando in P5, Ando in P6, Pierre in P7, Max in P8, Kevin Magnuson in P9, and Yuki Sonoda in P10. And Max had actually been a contender for pole position, but he had to abandon his final lap after he was running short on fuel, which is why he qualified in eighth. I remember him being very upset about that situation, but hopefully we don't see a repeat of that this year. You never know. That man sometimes is a little feisty. Let's be honest. So, I'm going to be frankly honest with you. Last year's race was a little bit of a roller coaster. Heavy rain forced a delay of over an hour. And even though the rain had subsided, the track was still super slippery for the start of the race. It really seemed to be a race for first and second between Sergio Perez and Charles Leclerc, let's be honest with you. And in the first lap, the top three were actually Sergio, Charles, and Carlos because Carlos overtook Lewis in the first turn. And that put Lewis down to fourth. So while I'm not going to talk about everything that happened in that GP, because I could probably go on for an hour just telling you all the craziness, I'm just going to highlight a few things, or per se, key moments. So a safety car was deployed by Nicholas Latifi and Joe Guanu's collision. Fernando Alonso's stoppage brought out a virtual safety car on lap 20 with George Russell then becoming the first driver to switch from intermediates to mediums. Russell's improving pace triggered drivers to begin swapping for slick tires on lap 35. But on the following lap, Yuki went straight into the barriers at turn 10 to bring out the second safety car, before which most of the drivers had stopped for slicks other than the McLaren drivers hadn't at the time. When Lando Norris finally came in for a new set of mediums and Daniel Ricciardo actually opted for slicks. And when they emerged, they ended up in fourth and sixth for the restart. So the race ended up restarting on lap 39 when the safety car finally came in. Um, and Sergio continued the lead. For staff and meanwhile, suffered a heavy lockup in an attempt to pass Leclerc and was briefly bumped into last place before George Russell and Mick Schumacher picked up punctures after making brief contact into turn one. There was a lot of little contact that drivers made throughout the race of like kind of bumping into each other and hitting each other. So there was a lot, there was quite a few like yellow flags because there was debris on the track, 
or the iconic there is a gecko or a lizard whatever you want to call it on the track let's not forget that scenario and it just overall was a pretty interesting race to watch so let's be honest with you Sergio would have received a five-second post-race penalty because he stayed too far behind the safety car. And even after he did receive it, Sergio was still able to retain his win after all, with Charles being close in second and Carlos Sainz completing the podium with third place for both Ferrari drivers in the podium and Carlos being able to have passed Hamilton at the start. While Lando Norris and Daniel Ricciardo benefited from the late, the late safety car stops and finished a respective P4 and P5 to round out the top five of last year's race. And now on to our predictions that we know and love of what we think this year will be. So we've talked about the past, but what about the future? So let's get out our crystal balls, or rather, in my case, this 20-sided die. So for P1, we have Pierre Gasly. I mean, he was on the podium in Xanderbor, so why not here? Even if it's a totally different track. P2, Max. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. I guess Red Bull will continue their podium streak at Singapore. Though I must say, this is the first time that the DICE predicted a max podium. So, is the DICE giving up? What is happening? Anyway, P3, Alex. All I'm going to say is, yes, please. It would be so well-deserved, especially after the merch drop he just did on Wednesday. It would be such a nice tie-in, all I'm going to say. As for the rest of the top 10, we have P4, Yuki Sonoda, P5, George Russell, P6, Lando Norris, P7, Zhou Guanyu, P8, Valtteri Bottas, P9, Carlos Sainz, P10, Fernando Alonso. All plausible in my eyes, honestly. And the Alfa Romeo boys especially would deserve it. Honestly, I wouldn't be upset if Zhou Guanyu got up there. I feel like it's very well-deserved. I like that thought process, you know. Your dice did well. <laughs> um, so, I'm probably going to stick to my nature of who I want to win. And that would be my Ferrari and McLaren boys. So, I don't do dice or crystal balls kind of thing. I just kind of stick to who I wish. LOL, it doesn't usually work out in my favor. So my first place, just looking at the facts of the year, will most likely be Max Verstappen. And if it was him, it would be his maiden win on this track because he's never been on the podium. So there is a first time for everything. But with the intensity of this track and the heat, could we see a change? If that's the case, I am all for Lando Norris in P1, Charles Leclerc in P2, and Carlos Sainz in P3. But honestly, I wouldn't care where in the structure that they land, just that they're both all three in the top. 
But I would also love to see Alex Albon in the top five and driver of the day because who doesn't love Alex? I mean, iconic. And he's a great guy. But someone I would be hopeful about would be Fernando Alonso. He was doing amazing at the start and would love to see another third place from him to kind of round out that 3-3-3 from him. But let's be honest, I'm a little wishy-washy of what I want. I just want to see the grid do good. And in hopes to not have too many crashes this year, there's, there's a first for everything and or delays to race times because I'm in a different time zone, Singapore. I wake up at like 2 a.m. to watch this race. The delays, if they don't happen, that would make me a lot more happier because that means that when the race is over, I can go back to sleep, not wait an hour or two and then watch it when it's already in the middle of the night. But honestly, I love Singapore. I love the night race. It is my dream or one of my dream tracks to ever go to. Not only because it's a street race and it's at night, but also because Singapore, let's just be honest, is gorgeous. Who wouldn't want to go there? So that's my predictions. Hopefully they come true, but who knows, man? Who knows? At this point, I think we all just really need to trust the universe and like it's going to give us what it's going to give us. And I don't know. I am very much so the it is what it is camp. But that's just me. So obviously, if you have been listening to us for a while, you've realized that I like to pull out my pendulum for my predictions. So obviously, I pulled it out for this one. Now, this got a little interesting for me. And I'm still not sure how I feel about this top three. But I'll take it. Now, for P1, I got Lando Norris. And when I tell you guys I got the biggest yes from my pendulum, I was surprised. And I've had this thing for the last eight years, and it's pretty predictable. I was so surprised. It looks like Max is going to have to wait a little bit longer to clench that World Drivers Championship or get closer to it. So we'll see how that goes. P2, I got George Russell. And when I tell you that this was something I did not have... On my 2023 Formula One bingo card, I'm not even kidding, like, a little bit. For me, it just kind of feels like an out-of-left-field P2, but take it, I guess. Not really the Mercedes driver I would have wanted, but okay. And then for P3, we get my personal favorite, Carlos Hot Chili Pepper Signs. I 120% love this for him. Even though I'm not, like, a total Ferrari girly, I just love getting to see him do well. It just makes my heart happy. Now, the rest of my top 10 shakes out as follows. Fernando in P4, Lance in P5, Charles in P6, Alex in P7, Logan in P8, Oscar in P9, and Valtteri Bottas in P10. And something in me just feels like we're going to have some rain or some weather-related issues I mean, it is Singapore. It's kind of predictable, but I don't know. Maybe it's going to be hotter than normal. I kind of feel like we're going to get some like tire deg issues. And fun fact that I like to do when I watch some of these races, especially if they're really early, I know I'm going to go back to bed, turn it into a drinking game. 
every time they say the word tired egg, get a drink, take a sip even. It's really fun. It makes things a little interesting. Now for fastest lap, I had Max Verstappen. And that for me feels just pretty reasonable given the pace that we've seen from Red Bull this season, how we've seen him doing, which has been dominate, which is what it is. Now for me, my favorite thing that I got is my driver of the day, Liam Lawson. When I tell you that I love everything about this with like the depths of my soul, not kidding. Liam has been doing a fantastic job so far filling in for Danny. And for me, he's got my vote for driver of the day. I mean, I know any chance I would get to vote for him, it's I'm going to have to go for it. He's just been doing so good. And I have to say something just before we move on to like our normal little free talk, but I have seen some rumors Danny Rick is actually going to be at the race this weekend. He's going to be helping from an engineering side of things, not necessarily doing any media, but he will be there. So we will maybe get a honey badger sighting, which I'm at least predicting a honey badger sighting or two. If not, I will personally cry. I, for one, would love to see Danny even at least just be there because, I mean, who doesn't love Danny and, like, his smile and everything? I mean, iconic. But while you were talking, I actually looked up the weather prediction for Singapore. You, we're looking at about a 50% chance of rain on Sunday for the race. So there, there's a chance. And it shows to be in the mid-80s, upper 90s for all three days. Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. So Celsius, that's like, what, 36, 38, depending on where you're looking at? I mean, it's usually like 90 is like 33. So it's just below 30-ish. Yeah. Like hovering. But that's still pretty hot for most European people because, I mean, while they train a lot for this, that is still a very hot and heavy condition and humid condition to race in. So we'll see. But let's talk about the new track format. So the new revised track layout for this year is now instead of 23 turns it is 19 turns due to the reduction of the number of corners we now have and with that we do have a shorter circuit meaning there will be more laps for this gp than we had in previous years so this year the singapore gp will actually feature 62 laps 19 turns and three DRS zones. The Marina Bay track is probably the toughest track that they will be on with intense heat and the twisty and bumpy nature of this track because it is a street circuit. Um, So we'll see. This has usually been a eye-opener for most of us as it's not usually like the same people you get every year like it's usually one of the toughest tracks for most of the drivers so we'll see what this year brings i mean there's a longer straight instead of all the twisty and turny corners so maybe that brings a little bit more overtaking possibilities longer drs zone so what do y'all think of this new format i mean honestly 
the two main things I take away from this change is we'll see faster lap times because less corners means less braking, aka less slowing down. And the second thing is we'll see most likely less tire degradation again because of less braking and also less brake usage. Like the brakes will likely, if like in past years, drivers had brake issues that their brakes were failing or getting too used during the race. And I don't think we'll see it as much this year just because those four corners were removed. And the fact that these four corners were removed due to construction in the city of Singapore, I do not know what to expect, but it will definitely make for a fun race because who doesn't like a switch up? I, for one, would love almost like if we're getting a longer straight, I want some like drag style overtakes. Like I want like some more, I guess you could say old school racing. Maybe I'm aging myself by calling it old school. I don't really know. I'm I'm hoping for at least some really interesting overtakes. But we'll see what happens. I don't know if anybody else saw the new McLaren livery that they did. But my automatic thought when I saw that thing was like, ah, yes, let's strip some paint back so we have some more carbon because our upgrades have made our car a little heavier than we realized. But I... I do like the way that it looks, but I think I liked last year's better. I really liked the punchy colors that they picked last year. I like this year, but I feel like it's simple for Singapore. I was just going to say, you know, while it was very simplistic than their usual, it did look a little clean. But I will say I did love the blue on the race suits that they had. That definitely looked a lot better than the traditional white that they do. So I, for one, was pretty happy about the race suits. I liked the simplisticness of the livery on the car, but it's not as pizzazzy as they typically do. Like, I don't know, most teams, when they do a livery, they go like all out. So I was just su surprised to see something different. Honestly, I have to go with Hannah on this one. Like, when I saw the TikTok of Oscar talking about the livery, like, showing it in that dark room, I was like, okay, I can get behind this. But is it special livery, Yorvi? Maybe not. But what stuck out to me was he kept highlighting one specific sponsor that was all over um the the car and i don't want to butcher the sponsor but it's the it's the okay sponsor i want to call it i i don't know whether you guys know which one i'm talking about or whether i'm even pronouncing this correctly but it was that one that he kept highlighting and fun fact i just like before we hopped on to record saw Gotti and danny rick with t-shirts of the same sponsor so it feels like something's happening across Formula One, across sports with that sponsor. Who knows? Are you talking about the OKX sponsor? Yeah, they sponsor a lot of the grid, like drivers and or like livery. Like they do like side sponsors outside of it. And both Danny and 
Scotty have been like OBX sponsors for like five years. And it's actually pretty cool. I mean, they stand for a pretty decent thing. Uh, I forget it off the top of my head. I'm going to be frankly honest with you. But if you ever get the chance to look up OKX, I mean, it's a pretty cool like company for what they stand for. But yeah, they do highlight it a lot on McLaren. I think it's because it's their main sponsor. Kind of like on Williams Duracell, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I just went on their Instagram. Looks like they're official partners of McLaren, Manchester City, and Tribeca. It looks like they're plugged into sports just like overall. But fun fact, I... To read what their Instagram bio says, I don't know necessarily what this means. Um, significant other who works in finance could probably explain this better than I can or tell me what it actually is, but they're not home. So I'm just going to read it off. It says most reliable CEX and Web3 app. So if you know what that means and you want to drop us a comment on our social media and explain it to us, that would be fantastic. I know I would love to learn a new thing. Honestly, if anybody has any ideas on where to start this said research, please let me know because I am most likely going to look into this because I know it's in my brain. I just cannot remember it. And I always love learning more. So please help a girl out. Drop us a comment. I mean, why not? And maybe we'll highlight it on another episode. But while we're talking on the premise of McLaren, I cannot forget to talk to you about the new design of Lando Norris's helmet. And he actually got fans involved to submit designs for it. It's actually super cool. So you know on the traditional helmet how he's got his cue and it's broken up into like four sections? He had four different designs from fans and he put them in there so it's super cool and while he hasn't officially released the helmet as a whole he's released a sneak peek of what people won the design um categories and what it kind of looks like so i can't wait to see what the rest of the design looks like of the helmet because it's it's gonna be really cute and i love that he got fans involved for it because it's like interacting with them without physically talking with them and making them feel like they are part of like the team and like him and the helmet design and all that and i kind of wish more drivers did that because i mean it's cute it's a way easy way to interact with the fans and with get the teams involved and all that and i will say i think the only other like no, I don't know if any driver has gotten fans involved to design a helmet. Do y'all know? I know Sebastian Vettel did for his his like goodbye helmet. It was photos of all of his fans or like a large portion of his fans. It was super cool because I think he then also auctioned the helmet off. I'm pretty sure. But he's the only only one I know of that has had fan involvement in a helmet to that kind of level. Obviously, Red Bull's done stuff where they've had fan involvement for livery design, like Miami, and I know they're do- they've are they been doing that for Coda. They've had fans submitting designs for the livery. So, like, I like that teams are also doing that kind of stuff, but I do really want to see more drivers do that. I think it's super cool. 
Yeah, from my recollection, only Seb has done this so far. I mean, I remember his Dunka Seb helmet. It was worth loss. I mean, I even submitted a picture. So I love that. Was, that. I love that. that was, I can't even <laughs> so remember cool. what I submitted, but I remember submitting something. So, Adorable. I mean, and I loved doing that. I mean, his whole thing with, I mean, didn't he, wasn't he also the one that got his kids to draw on it at one point? Yes. And actually, Lando Norris had a design for a helmet. And for all my girls on this episode, I'm showing you right now. And it was designed by a six-year-old. Like, look at this. It's adorable. And I just wish that that was the kind of interaction we got a little bit more because it's it's amazing. And who wouldn't want to see a helmet designed by by a little kid and be able to like see that around the track and go, oh, like, I know I would. I love the fancy designs, the all out, the the amazing graphics and intricate detail that go into it. But it's also nice to see the simplicity of a design designed by somebody else. I, for one, love to see all of the drivers have their helmets be designed by their family members. Whether that's like younger siblings or their parents or like Lando's case, like he's got a little cousin, like give her some paper and have her draw something and put it on your helmet, bro. I just think it would be really cute and it would be uh, like, I'm sentimental, so I would love to do something like that with my family. I think it would be a really cute idea. I know we all loved Seb's helmet when he did it with his kids. Now, this is something that I think I'm going to start doing for myself. And if we start doing this on our prediction episodes in general, you'll find out. We'll see if this becomes a thing. I am going to start doing drivers I want to keep an eye on. So for me this weekend, I have three in particular. First is Logan Sargent. This is a track that he hasn't driven before, so I'm super interested to see how fast he gets up to speed with the track layout. And I mean, obviously they've changed the track layout a little bit, so everyone's kind of still going to be learning it a little bit, but he's got the least amount of background. So I'm super excited just to like see how he performs in general. So see how... Logan does this weekend. He's definitely on my one to watch. And then the other two are actually, it's technically teammates right now. That is Yuki Sonoda and Liam Lawson. And I really don't know why, but something in my gut is telling me that this race will be a good way to compare Yuki and Liam. I'm just excited to see how Liam does. I feel like he's going to learn the track pretty quick and could do pretty well, but I'm just excited to see how to compare against each other this weekend. And I also want to talk about a key moment. So in case y'all didn't know, Kevin Magnuson in 2018 managed to secure a very commendable lap time, to be frankly honest with you, with fastest lap ever at the Singapore GP of 1 minute, 41 seconds, and 905 milliseconds. And, I mean, the last closest, fastest lap time was Lewis Hamilton in 2017. With being, like, what, four seconds behind him at 1 minute, 45 seconds, and 008 milliseconds. 
even in a hoss. I'm saying this because even in a hoss, Kevin Magnuson got fastest lap time and nobody has come close to that. I think what last year someone got maybe 10 or 12 seconds close to it, but nobody has gotten gotten that close. So, hey, good for you, Kevin. Like, hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, when Hannah mentioned this before we started recording, I was like, is this real? And you know it's commendable when that is your gut reaction. But let's talk about another special helmet. This time around, Joe Poignot. And honestly, when I saw the pictures, I was like, yes, because it has a comic-like illustration of the Marina Bay Sands Hotel. It has bunny ears, which is always cool in my book, and Chinese symbols. And I'm like, well, yes, we don't have the China GP right now. This is the closest he's going to get at this, this year to a home race. So why not celebrate that? Oh, the bunny ears on his helmet are actually because it's the year of the rabbit. And he actually will be releasing mini helmets on his website. So if you want to get a helmet, you can get a mini helmet. And to wrap up this episode, we're going to go into today's pre-outro, probably my favorite part of our recordings. Let's be frankly honest. I'm pretty sure I say that every time. And with this one, it, we're actually going to do a mixture of a driver quote and a moment of the weekend because this was actually said at a Singapore GP in the previous years. So this is actually said last year by Max Verstappen where he said mistakes happen and they actually happen to the best of us. And he's referencing this with let's just we all know the iconic race mistake and practice mistake he did and quality mistake so we're just gonna say all three so because it was just a rough weekend for him last year but this kind of just highlights that the marina bay circuit is not an easy one it is pretty difficult on all the drivers and mistakes do happen and they happen to the best of us no matter who you are so I look forward to see what this weekend brings and if any more mistakes happen. Now, don't forget to let us know about your predictions on our socials. Everywhere we are Paddock Girls Podcast, except on Twitter. There you can find us at Paddock Girls Pod. As always, don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast wherever you listen from, like Apple, Spotify, and now even on TikTok. Thanks for joining us in the paddock today. See you after the race. Hey, Craig. See you, Craig. Bye, Craig. Bye, Craig.